Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000-plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast. My guest today is Jim Borzarelli, uh, the founder of Omnex, O-M-I-N-E-X. Jim, how you doing? I'm doing great, Richard. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. So, uh, you know, I always start off with like the, the toughest question. Uh, tell me about Omnex. What do you guys do? Sure. So uh, we are actually the team behind CrowdEngine. We're the uh, leading white label equity crowdfunding solution in the U.S. And Omnex is our new blockchain spinoff, uh, which takes advantage of the compliance experience we have over the last four years and adds our compliance services uh, to the blockchain. So uh, we specialize in providing KYC and investor accreditation services uh, on our platform so that token sellers uh, can use our system as a, as a complete user management system for a token sale. Yeah, it's interesting because I've talked to um, a bunch of uh, you know outfits that are doing token generation events or SAFs or token sales. You know, they, they call them different things. And a lot say they can only deal with accredited investors in the U.S., for instance. What, uh, how do you vet someone to make sure that they're accredited? I'm just curious about that. Basically, there's a couple different ways that you can verify an investor's status as an accredited investor. Uh, typically, uh, the number one way is to get a third-party uh, affidavit from a CPA or attorney um, stating that uh, they are familiar with the investor and that they uh, certify that they are accredited. Uh, or there are platforms uh, that 
allow you to upload financial documents and or proof of income and debt ratios. Uh, or uh, there are also uh, third-party services that basically do it manually. Omnex supports all of the different methods, and we allow our clients to choose which ones they want to use. Typically, it's the lawyers who decide. Okay, that makes sense. And then uh, you said you came from an equity crowdfunding background. You know, with token sales, uh, doesn't look like anyone wants to give any equity. Equity token sales, and how is the new environment different? What was it like before? What's it like now? Sure, absolutely. Well, we are seeing clients that are doing uh, equity with tokens kind of as the bonus kicker. So uh, depending on your percentage of the equity, you're also getting tokens. However, the majority, you're right, are not offering equity. They're offering uh, tokens, which are functioning as security instruments. And so our experience is in the uh, Jobs Act regulations, Reg D 506C, uh, Reg A+, and Reg CF, and that's the experience that we have uh, over the last few years. And those those rules are basically what is being applied to token sales. So the JOBS Act basically uh, changed the 70-year-old 70, securities rules to allow general solicitation, obviously with some restrictions like accredited investors or investment uh, maximums. Uh, but we've been doing that uh, for years and are very familiar with those and, and have leveraged that into the Omnex platform. Do you think that um, token sellers today are making a mistake by trying to go with this new model? Is it, would it be better if they just stuck to the, not even old rules, but new old rules with equity crowdfunding? Or, uh, you know, they what's your opinion? So, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting uh, environment at the moment. We work with all sorts of different clients. Uh, the norm has been, since the SEC has... Uh, you know, put the guidance out there that basically uh, most tokens that they see are uh, considered ut uh, securities, uh, you know, the majority of the markets basically just block the United States. So our solution allows uh, our clients to not block the United States and do it in a compliant manner under any of the existing regulations. I think, you know, there's definitely room for new regulations. I think there's a, a gray area between security and utility tokens where there is some crossover and a lack of guidance today. Uh, you know, our team is working uh, with the rest of the world to try to get some more guidance there. But for now, it's, it's a pretty, uh, you know, it's pretty much a utility token or security token. And if you're going to do a utility token in the United States, it's a very tough environment uh, given the lack of guidance. So what do you think is going to happen with, uh, you know, with tokens? I mean, it looks like the SEC is issuing dozens of subpoenas, and I've heard hearsay, but the, it sounds like the head of the SEC and CFTC are saying, oh, they, they say all tokens are security tokens. What do you, what's your guess on what might happen? Yeah, you know, I'm not an attorney, but uh, there, there, there's quite a bit of interesting information out there in terms of the statements from the SEC. There's a lot of quotes saying they see that everywhere, but I think they're being pretty uh, clear in saying that there are there is such a thing as a utility token. Obviously, some of the guidance there said that you know it has to uh, it has to be have functioning utility uh, when it when it's being sold. It can't have an emphasis on being traded or exchanged or uh, increasing in value. Uh, there's a, uh, numerous other factors there that contribute to the gray area between security and utility tokens. So in terms of, uh, you know, I, I think there's task force looking at this now. 
Um, and I think there is room for uh, potentially some new regulations uh, between the utility and security tokens, and whether if that's a an equity play or utility play, that remains to be seen. I think most of the uh, work that's been going out there, the enforcement actions that are ongoing now with the subpoenas are really looking at tokens that have already been sold that should have been securities uh, before any of this guidance was put out there. And your guess is as good as mine as, as what's going to happen there if they're going to clap hands or do do things worse. I, I'm not really sure, but uh, mm. it's an interesting environment for sure. So what we do is we, you know, we make sure our clients play by the rules. So we offer, you know, a suite of KYC investor accreditation uh, subscription agreement signings under the regulations um, and pretty much focus on the security tokens uh, in the U.S. Uh, basically, the way that works is you use uh, one of the existing regulations here in the U.S., most commonly Reg D 506C, which allows general solicitation on the Internet, you know, banner ads, billboards on the side of the freeway. You can promote it any which way you want. However, uh, you can only invest, uh, you can only accept uh, accredited investors. And so uh, that is under Reg D506C in the U.S. And then we use Reg S for international investors. And so what that means basically is you can promote your token, uh, but, uh, you know, people have to follow those rules. They have to sign uh, subscription agreements, obviously pass KYC, et cetera. So that's pretty much what our specialty is. Like I said, we've been doing that for years. And and uh, have a very smooth process here at Omnix. What do you see that um, you know companies need most of all? What are they lacking that your platform provides? What's the like the most difficult parts of the KYC or the token generation events or you know the things that they're doing? Sure, uh, you know there's lots of different KYC providers out there, uh, but there's not really uh, any platforms that combine all the aspects that are needed uh, to do a compliant security token sale. So that's our specialty, basically, is we have a platform that is a turnkey platform and works out of the gate uh, and provides all those services. So from an investor standpoint, uh, from an issuer standpoint, you can come to us and uh, get everything in one stop. From an investor standpoint, uh, they can do everything in one streamlined checkout. Uh, so they don't have to you know, learn how to cut and paste uh, uh, hash codes and wallet addresses and all that. We've made we've made it as easy as basically shopping online, and so that's that's what we do. Okay. Well, I know you make it easy, but what are the, you know, where do you see companies falling down or needing help most of all? So, you know, we get a lot of calls uh, in the beginning, obviously, from people who don't understand uh, the regulations, and so we provide a lot of guidance to our clients. Uh, in terms of that, obviously, the most difficult one right now is, should I block the U.S. if I'm a utility token? Should I be a security token just to comply with the U.S. rules? Uh, so there's a lot of uh, you know, uncertainty around which way to go as a token issuer. Um, and we provide, obviously, uh, some worksheets and formulas to be able to see uh, how risky that would be in the U.S., uh, to date, we have not done a utility token uh, in the U.S. We've only done Reg D 506C security tokens, um, but we provide a lot of guidance there. So I think our clients benefit the most there. They're they're not sure which way to go and how it all works. And part of our consultative approach is to help them figure that out, working with their attorneys and then providing the platform to proceed. Is anyone pursuing an equity share model, or is everyone just going with purely with tokens? 
Uh, we're working on a, on a couple deals where it's equity, and there's obviously been uh, other Reg D 506C deals not on our platform that have done it as a fund, uh, you know, with net asset values. And so I, I would consider those, uh, you know, traditional models um, being offered through a token. Uh, right now, our current clients are not offering equity, but we are in in dialogue with several that are looking at doing it as a incentive to the equity. So you're you're doing an equity deal and you're getting tokens on top of it. Do you have any um, you know advice or recommendations for companies that want to do a token sale? You know, at, at some point they should. Sounds like they should talk to you and work with you. But um, any way to prepare themselves the right way or things they should or shouldn't do? You know, when contemplating a token sale. Oh sure. Where do I start? Um, you know, typically though, we work with entrepreneurs that are that have a vision for their tokens already. So it really becomes a question of what that vision is, right? There are very many of our clients are clear-cut security instrument, and so those are really easy. They contact contact us, and they don't have any any doubts about which way they're going to go with their token. Um, and I think really, I would just encourage you know game-changing products uh, over. Or, or over picking the model that you're going to sell from. Uh, at the end of the day, we support both utility and security tokens uh, in the U.S. and internationally. So I think for us, uh, you know, the recommendations are, are make it a good project. We have uh, project criteria that are published on our website for the type of projects that we're looking for. We're looking for, uh, we're not just looking for projects that are using uh, tokens to basically raise capital without using blockchain for something that's disruptive. So uh, primarily, you know, uh, looking for valuable projects that way. Uh, in terms of advice, obviously, I would uh, recommend everybody stays within uh, the confines of the law and does things compliantly, both domestically and internationally, when they do uh, perform their token generation event. Is there a, a safe haven city or country or place from which people can do token sales, or is that really a fantasy? Yeah, I mean, the way the securities works, there there really isn't a safe haven because the securities laws applies to uh, the investor's uh, uh, country of residence. So even if you're an offshore company selling to U.S. investors, uh, you need to play by the U.S. laws, and the same applies to any other country. And obviously there's countries that are not safe havens that have uh, banned token generation events or ICOs, and those are definitely not on the list. But it's really a, a complicated matter and one that you know we're focused on solving. Uh, we've created the Open Compliance Project, which is available at opencompliance.project.org, to help map out uh, the regulatory environment around the world. And so when you go there, you can see a world map, and it's color-coded, and you can drill down to each country and see what the rules are because uh, it's a multi-jurisdictional play. It's not where the issuer is based. It's where the investor is based. And so obviously, marketing on the Internet gets everybody from around the world, and you have to be compliant in every country that you offer security tokens in. And that's something we have experience with at Crowd Engine. We had something called, and we have something called the Compliance Engine, which is basically a rules-based engine based on your country of residence that applies those rules. And so Omnex obviously has the same technology and basically changes the investing process based on the profile of the investor. So depending on what country they're from, they're either not allowed to continue or they have to go down a path of compliance for their particular country. So it's much more complicated than where the issuer sits. It's 
195 countries of investors. Okay, gotcha. Makes sense. So what's the um, yeah? What, what's the best way for people to get in touch with Omnix and to find out about using your platform? And, and at what stage should they do it? You know, should they do this right off the bat before they're you know even part of the way down the road for their token event, or do they need to just wait till the end? What's your recommendation? So absolutely, thanks for asking. The you know we can be found at omnex.com, O-M-I-N-E-X.com, and typically we work with clients who are pretty well along the way and have you know a website, a draft, or you know close to final white paper, and uh, depending on their business model, uh, a smart contract in the final stages of development. So forgot to mention that we also work with with SAFs which are basically security pre-sales of utility tokens here in the U.S. And they're a very popular method. We see a lot of those coming through the door uh, because it enables companies to basically uh, fund a utility token or a security token uh, before actually having you know, built the smart contract and everything else. So it really depends on what stage you're at, but typically you know, the plan has to be underfoot and, and close to uh, the raising process when we engage. Any recommendations on the length of a, a token sale or a SAFT? Any other tweaks that you've seen through your experience and what works better or what doesn't? Sure. Well, on, on the SAFTs, it's, it's pretty much uh, pretty standardized agreements. There's a few different versions floating out there right now that most of the attorneys are working with. In terms of the length of the, of the sale, uh, you know, we see it across the board. Um, typically, it's, it really depends on the company's marketing abilities. Um, but they're typically a couple months long is what we're saying, whether it's a SAFT or, or a token generation event. All right. Any, any other recommendations on how uh, a company can do their sale right versus not right based on all your experience? Sure. I, I mean, I definitely would recommend uh, getting the advice of, of good counsel and working with a compliance platform to make sure that your investors uh, are put through the right compliance processes so that uh, you as a token seller can obviously stay out of hot water and keep the funds that you raise. Okay. Well, very good. Well, Jim, thanks for coming. And, uh, you know, people should go to Aminex.com if they need help. And I uh, appreciate your time. Always a pleasure, Richard. Thank you. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000-plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. 
You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.